Welcome to the Daughter with Daddy Issues podcast. Here we get raw, real, and vulnerable. We bring the heart, the mind, the body, and the soul together as we explore the complexities and nuances of the father-daughter relationship. I'm your host, Sirzana, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Follow and subscribe for insightful conversations where we share the spice, the sugar, and the salt, where we share lessons, a lot of laughter, some heartbreaks, and everything in between, where healing and learning becomes a collective experience. This is the Daughter with Daddy Issues podcast for the daughters and their fathers, because your story matters. Our story matters. Okay, we are live. Welcome everybody to part one, episode one of the Daughter with Daddy Issues podcast. I have been absolutely terrified and scared and nervous and I still am. Uh, truth be told, I think in the last couple of days I have recorded myself and then deleted the recording and then re-recorded myself at least 50 times. Like there have been <laughs> way too many retakes and I, and I really, really, really pretty damn hope that this is a last retake because it's getting pretty exhausting and I also I just have to take the plunge and I and I have to finish the recording and yep this is my first step this is part one of episode one for part two of episode one is when I really want to get into the details of why I wanted to uh, start this podcast but for part one there are a couple things I want to share and keep it keep it more surface level keep it more keep it more light i hope i hope to do that and then you know the meat and the gravy will probably be getting started in part 2 so welcome again everybody my name is sarzana i am 30 years old and my deepest desire for this podcast is to speak from my heart uh, speak from my soul uh, share stories, insights, experiences, uh, make this a uh, foundation or a platform of self-expression, of sharing, of vulnerability, of courage. And I really, 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 really hope that everything that I share from my heart will be able to reach and touch the hearts of many other people out there. And I say that because I know that I'm not the first one and I won't be the last one who have had... Um, at least similar experiences to the experiences I had in my childhood, especially, or also like growing up, right? I won't be the first one. I won't be the last one who have experienced uh, their parents getting divorced, who have experienced a very uh, strained relationship with their father. There are many people who have experienced not so supportive fathers or fathers who are critical and punitive. And there are others who have had their fathers being absent or abusive. And I know that everybody's not perfect, right? Nobody is ever perfect. But in part two, we will explore more about the different types of father absences and the different types of ways a father can be abusive to their child. Another of my intentions or goals is to have conversations and develop greater awareness and greater understanding of how our relationships with our fathers or lack of may have influenced the decisions and the choices that we make in our lives, whether that's financially, uh, professionally, academically, um, whether that's in relationships, right? That's a big one. How do we show up in our relationships?
Researchers have long established the link between early parental relationships and adult attachment patterns. And I believe it is absolutely imperative to study and self-reflect how our early childhood relationships with our caregivers or our parents, um, especially our relationships with our fathers for this podcast, for this context, may have influenced or affected the kind of partners we attract in our lives and how we show up in those relationships. To what extent do we allow ourselves to stay in unhealthy dynamics? or make excuses for unhealthy and often very disrespectful behavior. Because here's the thing, making efforts to understand why a person may behave in a negative or a hurtful manner, and then forgiving them from a place of groundedness and awareness and compassion is very different than making excuses for the individual and not establishing proper guidelines or boundaries as a team, hopefully, on how to prevent behaviors like that in the future. I'll tell you something. Sometimes I think, am I the only person who has wondered if my father wounds played a role behind me jumping into relationships really quickly, being vulnerable to love bombing, or attracting emotionally unavailable or commitment phobic partners, or if my father wounds are one of the reasons why I am so prone to escapism, or wanting to numb myself, or sometimes I can react sooner than I should, or jump into conclusions, or have such low self-esteem or sense of self that the loneliness, which sometimes comes from being single, really eats me up. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has searched up on the internet if my daddy issues had a role to play. Subconsciously, perhaps I'm choosing the kind of men who who make me feel confident or seen or heard everything that I wished from my father. And at the same time, subconsciously, I'm also probably choosing the kind of friendships or relationships where I feel I need to prove myself to them. And when I can earn their approval or their love, I'll finally be worthy. And yes, I am very aware that for all the painful incidents, for my heartbreaks, for for the times I failed in my life, uh, for all the bunch of wrong choices and decisions I've made in my life, it can feel very easy to just put the blame on my father and his actions and the role he played. And I have to be very aware and very careful not to do that. I have to be very careful to make sure that when I have to take responsibility for my choices, my actions and reactions, that I'm taking full ownership and that I'm trying to learn and heal and show up in a better way. But I also have to remember, reflect, and discern the ways that my relationship with my father did impact me in terms of self-concept, in terms of my nervous system, in terms of my trauma responses, how I make decisions, the kind of men I feel attracted to subconsciously, the patterns that I have when there is conflict, right? Another question that comes up is, What trigger or trauma responses did we develop from our parental and childhood history that affects the way we show up during a struggle or a conflict? Because one of the most important things about relationships is taking responsibility of our own actions. Are we running away and feeling entitled to be chased during a conflict? And I mean, 
sadly, there were times when I jumped into conclusions and behaved like that in some of my relationships, and I'm not proud of it. But on the other hand, I have also been the one to chase and be the one running after somebody. And I remember that during those moments, I I literally felt like, you know, my self-respect, my dignity, my pride, nothing matters here. It doesn't matter who is right. All that matters is for this person to come back to me and stay and not leave because I'm afraid that I cannot be without them or I cannot live without them. Or there will be this burning hope that only if this person stops walking away and just comes back and listens to me, then I will use my entire heart, my honesty, my love, my passion, my, my desire to make things right. I will apologize if I need to. You know what? I will apologize even if I don't need to because this relationship and this individual and you, you are more important to me. But there is a lot of pain here. And, and can we can we come come on the other side? Will you allow me to to explain myself? And perhaps perhaps if you just listen to me with an open mind uh, or if you just put yourself in my shoes for once, you will understand. You'll understand. And all of these misunderstandings will be gone and we'll finally stop fighting and we'll be OK. And I just can give up and I'll and I'll beg you to listen to me. Because you say you love me, so you listen to me, right? Right? Am I the only one who have been through that? If not, then please do let me know. And if you feel called to share a story or anything really, please, please do so in the comment section. But the point that I'm trying to make is that behaving like that often comes from an anxious, preoccupied attachment style. We just can't let go. And it's an excruciating place to be in. Um... And our wounds from our childhood and our attachment styles can lead us to chasing people to not break up with us, to not walk away, to listen to us when they, especially when they stonewall us, right? We just keep on calling and texting just just so they listen to us for once. And it had been quite a journey for me to realize, and I'm, and I'm still learning to realize this, that People might genuinely love you. People might genuinely love me. And yet they may not have the capacity to understand you. They may not have the capacity to understand me. And I can go more in depth with this, but that's a topic for another day. So what are some effects of father wounds? Well, father wounds can manifest in having low self-esteem in having a heightened sensitivity to external opinions, a heightened awareness of any change in someone's tone or someone's mood, and a heightened desire for external validation, right? And that can make it very difficult for some of us to set boundaries. Our deep-seated approval-seeking behavior can lead us to prioritize the needs and expectations of others. We can end up staying in unhealthy relationships or unhealthy environments, even work environments, longer than we should have. 
And I'm sure that many of us have experienced this at least once in their lives where perhaps we were misunderstood, right? Or we were disrespected or we felt disrespected. And the moment we opened our mouths to share or explain our feelings or our point of view, or we wanted to share a concern or express a boundary, the whole conversation may have just suddenly become out of control. And we may start to wonder, hold on, like this just took a whole another turn. And the moment I stand up for myself, somehow I become the problem. And when this happens in our childhood or adult relationships, we can develop the flight, the fight, the freeze or the fawn response. And in this context, the fawn response is avoiding rocking the boat by staying quiet And sadly, for many people, they can start to subconsciously really believe that they are indeed the problem when they're not, when in fact, they're probably being manipulated or projected upon. And it's far more easier to ignore our needs and wants than lose the individual that we are so in love with, than lose the marriage, than lose the family or even a job, even if they're not good for us. And it's far more easier to ignore our needs and wants because as children, that's what we experienced and that's what we prioritized and that's how we survived. We learned to survive by ignoring our needs and wants, to not rock the boat, to keep the peace at home, to not make daddy angry, to not start a fight, to to always make sure everything's okay. And very soon as adults, we may, even as children, but obviously as, a, as adults, we may start to really forget, what do, I, what do I want? What do I really want? What do I need? What do I like? What do I dislike? What makes me fall in love? What brings me joy? What excites me? What makes me sad? What makes me uncomfortable? What makes me uncomfortable? Do I take the time to reflect why something makes me uncomfortable? And if that makes sense, if it makes sense for me to be uncomfortable in a situation, then am I courageously, assertively, but politely expressing that something is making me uncomfortable? Or am I staying longer in situations where I'm accommodating someone else's discomfort over my comfort, my safety? Am I instead giving in the moment they tell me that something shouldn't bother me, even though it really does, and I just decide to get quiet? What am I standing up for here? Am I standing up for myself? What am I defending? Am I standing up for a relationship that has open communication and trust and Open communication and trust means if somebody, if my partner is uncomfortable in in any way, they have, they feel safe and they trust me enough and the relationship enough to express how they're feeling and that I have the same privilege to do the same. Am I fighting to have a relationship like that? What or who am I protecting or am I just holding my breath and staying in a freeze response just to not rock the boat because we are so deeply terrified of what will happen if we rock the boat. And my friends, no wonder that there is so many of us struggling with self-abandonment tendencies. Unresolved father wounds can also manifest in us becoming overprotective, building up walls, having difficulty trusting people, having difficulty being vulnerable, 
or when someone else is expressing their vulnerabilities with us, we may shut down. We may end up avoiding vulnerability altogether, not just with others, but most importantly, within ourselves. And we may avoid intimacy altogether, even though that's probably what we deeply want and long for, the intimacy, the connection, the understanding. The other side of the coin is developing codependency, perhaps, or seeking intimacy or connection subconsciously or consciously because we are deeply aching to be held, to be comforted, um, even to be rescued emotionally. We are deeply longing for that relationship because it feels like it's oxygen to us. And we are deeply longing for someone to show up, to stay grounded, to stay rooted, to stay reliable and truthful and loving and loyal and all the other ways that daddy should have showed up but didn't or could not or decided not to for whatever reason. But hey, the scars may run deep, but oh, the strength that emerges from these wounds and these experiences is nothing short of a spectacular. Our dance with our daddy issues, our father wounds, they, they teach us how crucial it is to learn how to seek validation from within, to build a fortress of self-love and community love that no external force can shake. It teaches us how to be discerning, how to love. It teaches us what matters. And in the crucible of longing, this deep, aching longing, a woman learns to forge her own path. The quest for approval, for affirmation, the desire to be chosen, to be loved, to be protected, to be taken care of. All of that transforms into an unyielding pursuit of self-discovery until our cups overflow and we give that love to others. And every setback becomes a stepping stone and every tear from every heartbreak a drop of wisdom, watering and nurturing all parts of us and all parts of each other. And here is to becoming a beacon of strength, radiating a quiet confidence that speaks louder than words. Hey y'all, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Daughter with Daddy Issues podcast. I am so thankful that you were here. We hope our candid conversations have resonated with you or simply provided a moment of connection. If you enjoyed our show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. I welcome and invite you to share your thoughts, feelings, stories. If you're interested in having a conversation or being a guest speaker, please email me at thedaughterwithdaddyissues at gmail.com. Or you can follow and DM me on my Instagram handle at thedaughterwithdaddyissues. Please stay tuned for the next episode. And remember, you are not alone. Because every story deserves to be heard, especially the ones with some sugar, salt, and spice. And I thank you for being part of my story. See you soon.